0: Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well. It's Steph. It is 8.28 in the morning on uh, the Monday, the 26th of June, 2006. I hope you're doing fabulously, and I hope you had a great weekend. This is show number 298. So one more this afternoon, and uh, then you will hear... Actually, you won't hear that. What you will hear is Podcast 300 which I think is uh, going to be enjoyable for you. It's a bit of a departure, but I think you'll enjoy it. Well, this morning I would like to talk about a topic. This has been on my list of things to talk about for quite some time, almost since the beginning. But I really wanted to take time to sort out my own feelings around this. And my own feelings are um, complicated in this area because, uh, well, you'll see why as, as we go forward. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't projecting any discontent that I had in my own history on this topic, which is always a very uh, difficult thing to uh, to do to make sure you're not projecting, to make sure that your judgments are not clouded by any of your own history, or as clouded as little as possible. I guess it's, it's very hard to, to have it uh, not clouded at all, because even if you can end up with a just view of the topic, the topic itself might be generated by your own history. So without wanting to get overly complicated, it is a Monday morning after all, I would uh, like to talk about um, the old, the aged, the aged P, as uh, one gentleman calls his father in Great Expectations. And it is a challenging topic, I think, because whenever you start to talk about the elderly or the retirees, I, I can scarcely really call anybody under 80 the elderly, because... You see 70-year-old people. I got my pants whipped off me by a 70-year-old man playing squash when I was like 25 because he had such precise placement. It was dazzling. And all I did, my my youth and, and vigor helped not at all because I was uh, maybe uh, five times healthier but doing ten times the work, so it didn't really matter. So it's really hard to me to think of these people as the elderly. Like for me, elderly is when you can't get around your home and crippled by arthritis or something like that. And... Uh, So, uh, you know, we're we're really not talking about the vigorous people, the people who are working into their 80s and enjoying their careers still and so on. But we are talking about the people who've become dependent upon government largesse. And so I'd like to start off the topic by uh, looking at two sort of moral poles of the situation. So the first moral pole of the situation is somebody some guy who's now retired and he's uh, poorly and his whole life he you know, he rejected government money he stood on his own two feet he uh, maybe used charity once in a while but uh, got himself up and got himself running and raised his family or did whatever he did and he would love to have saved for his own retirement but this social security ponzi scheme which would be completely illegal in the private sector where you can't have a rolling payout you can 't say to people, "Give me a thousand dollars now, and i 'll give you two thousand dollars in a year and to use the intervening time to recruit more people to give you a thousand dollars, which you then use to pay the extra money to the people who gave you money earlier that 's illegal it's it 's a pyramid scheme and it 's illegal in the private sector and that of course is exactly what 's happened with social security and the uh, welfare uh, the uh, sorry the um, retirement benefits of most if not all major western uh, democracies which is that uh, people have had money taken away from them for their whole life, and it's been spent by the politicians who took it many, many years ago, as Harry Brown used to say it. Your retirement savings were blown to prop up the Russian ruble for another 12 minutes, and it's all gone and dispersed among the world. And what's left when you retire is the money of the younger generation. It's completely unjust, of course. The the current generation of retirees is by far the richest uh, segment of human uh, life that has ever existed. And, of course, young people, when they're starting out, don't have a lot of money. People at the end of their life usually have a lot more money in assets. And yet we are taking from those who are starting out with fewer assets. We're taking from the poor and giving to the rich. And why? Well, because that particular segment of rich happens to vote quite a bit. And, of course, it's very hard for anyone who's young... To talk about social security in a clear manner, because there is always this complication of knowing that you're kind of dealing with your parents psychologically, so it's very tough to say. Uh, Let's pull an Inuit Inuit and leave them out in a snowbank, which of course wouldn't be my suggestion either. But it's a complicated topic, and of course, the uh, the old Mossbacks backs are very good at parading out both righteous anger and uh, you know high high suspended helplessness in terms of arousing both sympathy, pity, and resentment that can't be activated in any way. So it's a it's a challenging topic, let's say. And so I'd, let's just start with this one guy who would have saved, but the 7.5% that's taken from his paycheck and the 7.5% that's taken from his employer to pay, sort of quote, pay for his retirement, uh, he would have loved to have saved it. But with all that money being taken away from him and other taxes, he just couldn't. And man, man had to eat. Man had to give his children vittles. And so he ends up old and dependent upon the state. Not something he wanted, not something his pride uh, sort of uh, welcomes or appreciates. And so now he's in a position where his uh, his income has been severely curtailed throughout his life, and now he's dependent upon the state. And on the other hand, you have someone who's sort of bummed around most of their life. They did a little bit of uh, they were an actor for a while, and maybe a gold panner, Maybe they did comedy for a bit, and maybe they tried this, that, and the other. And they never really paid much in taxes, and wherever they could get away with not paying taxes, they did try and get away with, with not paying taxes. They were a socialist and supported the whole scheme and felt that everybody was entitled to whatever they wanted. They took government grants and and uh, took, uh, I don't know, welfare at times and uh, art grants, I mean. So they did lots of things to sort of pillage the system and said that everyone was entitled and they never contributed uh, a smack to the whole kitty and then when they uh, get older they loudly demand their retirement benefits and you know they they've supported the whole thing they think it's absolutely uh, fine they've they've hated capitalism and they've they've put on endless plays and performance pieces about how evil the free market is and now they demand that the free marketeers generate the income to provide them with uh, social security because god knows if they themselves had been a template for everyone's economic existence, there would be no conceivable thing such as Social Security because we would have a living standards somewhat uh, in the Middle Ages. So these are two sort of opposite poles of the situation. Now, I think the important thing to understand about Social Security and how you might be able to approach this problem of what happens with the aged is, of course, to forget about the government, to forget about this idea that the government took your money and this and that and the other, and just treat it as any other Ponzi scheme. So if I had been part of, let's just say that uh, um, uh, it was uh, was wrong to have money taken from me, that uh, there was this mafioso who took 15% of my income throughout my life with the threat of uh, uh, kidnapping my children, and... What happened was I paid the money grudgingly. I couldn't go to the cops. The cops were in on it. The cops got half the take. And so I had all my money stolen from me, and this amounted to half a million dollars over the course of my life. Well, when the new sheriff rides into town, right, so the the, uh, the cops uh, get uh, a new sheriff, well, the key thing, of course, is and these new sheriffs don't have the power of taxation, well, uh, the key thing to do, of course, is to work with restitution. I mean, that's the logical thing to do, when it comes to uh, figuring out how to get money back to people. And so if this guy who's had half a million dollars taken from him his whole life suddenly uh, finds himself in Libertopia, then DROs will, for a percentage of the take, offer to go and collect his money for him. And the wonderful thing about the modern economy is that there's records of just about everything, and you can trace quite a lot of it, even if you don't have the person's permissions, that's the wonderful thing about having had a government, is that you have all these records that you'll stumble across the, uh, the empty FBI uh, headquarters after Libertopia arises. And if you want, you'll know, find these records that are sort of in the public domain. You can return them to the person who had them uh, stolen from him or her, but that person could then say, yeah, use these records to get me my money back because uh, I don't have any money. Now, Harry Brown's answer as well is, I think, an excellent one, which is that there's lots of public lands which have uh, public public assets which have existed for, well, since the founding of the Republic or most of the foundings of the Western democracies that have been in the public sector. Well, you sell those off and you turn the money over in annuities to the people who have been retired. I think that's an excellent answer, but I also think it's, uh, I mean, in terms it's very clever and it might work, but it's somewhat problematic because it's a violation of property rights. The people who are retired don't own the public assets. So seizing all of the public assets, selling them and turning over the money to retirees is clever and might work, but I can't see it as really uh, a, justific- a, just the, um, uh, a just solution under the rubric of property rights because it would indicate that these uh, people... Uh, Owned this uh, federal property and therefore were able to give the proceeds back. And I think that that's true to some degree. I think that's true to some degree, but of course the proceeds should return to the people who paid taxes proportional to the taxes that were paid because this was all um, money that the the people in the government stole money from everyone and therefore that money should be returned to those people. So any anytime that you're involved in any kind of uh, scheme where your money is taken from you by force, then the best that you can hope for is for restitution. So you can't get restitution from the general tax base because that's adding theft to solve the problem of theft. And that's not a moral solution, and of course that would never work because you'd need a central agency which would be able to go and take money from people, so it would mean you'd have to have a government which means you wouldn't be solving the problem. The problem would just get corrupted. So, I mean, the other problem with Harry Brown's solution, in my humble opinion, is that it requires a government, and the government would never take that money and hand it over to the elderly. The amount of skimming that would go on, the amount of, uh, well, I'll sell it to you for five bucks and we'll pretend nobody else bid it, and then you pay a million dollars under the table. I mean, it would just, the whole thing would evaporate. All of the value of the public assets would evaporate. And the uh, the agent would end up getting an insultingly small check, which might get them uh, one more tin of cat food, which they might not feed to their cat. So I don't think that's going to be a practical solution. As soon as you get uh, uh, monopolistic violence involved, you can't get anything done other than enrich the corrupt. You can't get anything done in the government other than enrich the corrupt. And the only thing that you can get done is the things that they need as well, right? So you'll get some level of health care You'll get some level of roads and you'll get water and you'll get electricity because they need them as well. But, of course, all of these things will be horrendously in debt and will collapse and so on. So all you need to do is, if uh, Libertopia arrives tomorrow, then, of course, people aren't going to get their Social Security checks. And people are going to say to me, and it's going to be uh, uh, a lot of passion, in it, and I understand this passion, they're going to say, well, I paid into this system my whole life, and this money was taken from me by force, and how can you cut off my social security check, I'm going to die, I can't live, I can't work, i got arthritis, I'm in a wheelchair, I, I can't do this, I can't do that, so, absolutely, absolutely, um, all, that, uh, um, uh, all that is perfectly valid, and I feel a huge amount of sympathy for the aged, and... I will be more than happy to help out. I mean, I'm going to have like triple my income in terms of real wages, so heavens, Betsy, I would be more than happy to set aside 10 or 20% of that increase f- to help the people who are going to have to wean themselves off state largesse, or in the case of the elderly, like the old and infirm, I will be more than happy to help them out and know- with the knowledge that they're not going to wean themselves off. And I will even help if they shake their gnarly old fists in my face and say, I'm entitled, you you give me that money, I'm entitled. I will be more than happy to to give them money anyway, and most people will, of course, uh, there are children who are addicted to their parents and uh, all over the world, and so it seems to me unlikely that these people are just going to, I want my independence, it's like you want your independence. How about my goddamn independence paying taxes for you when you're getting three, four, five, six times out of Social Security what you put into it? Oh, my independence. What about my independence? What about the independence of everybody else who's out there trying to start a family, worrying about their cash flow? (laughs) You all had your independence. You all got to collect your assets when taxes were like a half or a third or a quarter what they are now. So don't talk to me about independence and sell your house, move into a, a small condo and live off that. But uh, that's uh, something else that we can talk about another time. I just thought, uh, I want my independence. It's like, yeah, so I have to be a slave so you get to be independent. That makes sense. And I will do this to help the, um, the, the, uh, the, uh, the elderly to, uh, to survive and to, to continue in their current lifestyle, perhaps not exactly to the lifestyle to which they've become accustomed. And they can take their chances with that, Right. And they can take their chances with the generosity of their children, of their extended family, of charities, of churches, of you know, all of these sorts of things. They can take their chances with DROs hunting down the people who profited from Social Security, taking that money and submitting it back minus a small percentage to the old. And they can take their chances with all of that. And we can have a sort of a managed transition, if, if they want. Now, if they don't want, that's fine, too. I mean, everybody is uh, is free to choose, and the elderly can choose not to have a managed transition that relies on the benevolence, generosity, and bounty, <laughs> bounty hunting capacities of the DRO societies. They can choose not to do any of that, and, of course, all work restrictions will be lifted from them. Goods will be half their current price. Property taxes will vanish. I mean, look, it's not going to be... Uh, I-, I bet you that they will end up with more money uh, in their pocket after the government goes away, even without Social Security benefits because everything is going to be so much cheaper. But they can take their chances with this uh, managed transition into a free society, or what they can do is continue to pound their fists on the table, not too hard, and they can say, uh, I'm entitled, and i got to get this money, and I, I'm in medicine, and this and that. And that's fine. And then in 10 or 15 years, when the whole thing goes bankrupt then uh, what are the, there's no managed transition. There's no managed transition. There's just no money in the bank. They don't get their checks or their checks bounce. And then they can figure out uh, how to survive without anybody helping them with the transition, right? Because it's not uh, it's not going to last. I mean, we'll talk about this more a little bit uh, later, but this 10 to 15 years thing, uh, it sort of doesn't come out of my head uh, out of nowhere. I have some rationales behind it, but uh, we can talk about those another time. But... Uh, they, they, the old people can either uh, say, okay, well, uh, this course of action isn't going to, uh, to work, right? So I can hit the brakes now, get out and walk to the Libertopian bus, which will now take me along. Or I can just keep hitting the gas and the car's going to get faster and then it'll all be over at once. And, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. I've got to tell you that if they drive, if they're completely resistant to any kind of managed transition to a freer society, that will be enormously more beneficial for them. And the price of their medicines will cut, be cut by 80%. Everything they pay for will be cut by at least 50%. Uh, they won't have to pay any property taxes. They won't have to pay any sales taxes. They won't have to pay any income taxes. They won't have to pay any dividends taxes. They're, the old are going to do far better under a free society than they do under the current system of Social Security. And they would be, if they were intelligent and kind and compassionate and wise, then they would recognize that the system can't last and that they don't want to be preying off the young like leeches, and that they did kind of get a system going that they benefited from considerably relative to their children, and that it's not going to last, and uh, we need a managed transition, and things are going to be better for them, or they can just keep hitting the gas until we go straight into the wall, and then it's going to be uh, you know every person for himself or herself, and it's going to be a whole lot harder to make this managed transition. And that's fine. I, I can understand that. I mean, if you're 75... And in poor health, you can try getting off heroin, but uh, you can also just take ride the horse into the sunset, so to speak. Uh, It's a choice. It's up to you, right? You can stay addicted and escalate your addiction and see what happens. Now, the thing that I would ask for, I'll do it either way, just personally in terms of generosity to those who are uh, old and uh, unable to work and so on. I'll do it either way. But the one thing that I would like from the aged... Is, uh, is is just two, two little words. Two little words. We're sorry. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if we had had just a few more people fighting against the state when uh, the state was growing so enormously in the 60s and 70s? So the people who are retiring now, you know, they were in their 20s and 30s, I guess, back then, in their 30s. Uh, and, boy, it would be nice if they had managed to uh, fight... The state—it's not that they would have won. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not that they would have created libertopia. It would be uh, unlikely. It's possible. I don't, I'm not saying that it's because they would have won. But what they would have done is if they had raised their voices and said, you know, there seems to be a whole lot of uh, expansion of state power. tax is a heck of a lot higher than when I was younger. The national debt's growing like crazy. We need to really work to uh, make this uh, turn it around for for the next generation, right? So it's not so bad and i do get emails from older people who feel terrible about the national debt and so on and i understand that and i appreciate that and for those people who you know there's record they wrote to the editor they they talked to who this to and the other person and they you know everyone remembers them always railing against against the government and you know we need to be free and the national debt is pillaging and so on good for them and i'll double their benefits just uh, in my own personal uh, donation uh, checkbox but for those people who ignored the whole government thing Who uh, talked about, uh, who talked a whole lot of trash about the government helping people and uh, we need the government, we need the government. The only thing that I would like, and I'll pay either way, but it would sure add a little bit of uh, sugar to the medicine, would be just for some older people to say, oops, uh, sorry, we kind of missed that whole fascism thing growing uh, while we were voting. Uh, We voted for a whole bunch of people who made government bigger. And then uh, we uh, we loudly said that government needs to be bigger, we need more government power, and we've kind of handed over to you, the young, a system teetering on the edge of fascism, and we've really we've we've stacked the the odds just a little bit against you. We've created whole tribes of great brigades that are dependent upon state largesse and are going to fight tooth and nail for their benefits, their entitled benefits. And sorry, we just, we kind of missed the bus on that one. We kind of left you with a real mess. And it wouldn't have been that hard, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, for us to speak up uh, just a little bit. To speak up just a little bit and talk a little bit about how this was a bad thing that was occurring. So, like, if Milton Friedman was still alive, or if Murray Rothbard were still alive, then... I would be like, hey, here's a million dollars a year. You guys uh, made the debate a whole lot easier than it would have been otherwise by injecting some ideas into the mainstream in order to uh, help people to understand the violence of, um, and coercive nature of the state. I, You know, it would be nice. It would be nice to just hear a little bit from those who just talked a whole load of trash about the value of the state to just get a little bit of, uh, oops, uh, sorry, uh, that really wasn't the right thing to do. And it's something that I've always felt about people who feel entitled. Entitlement is a great challenge to break. It is a great false self, uh, false argument from morality, m- uh, megalomaniacal, uh, narcissistic thing, which is that I am entitled to X, Y, and Z just for breathing. You owe me just because I'm breathing. And that is a very, very desperately unhealthy mental state and something which covers an enormous amount of... Uh, violated rage, and is a very difficult thing uh, to deal with, and it is an incredibly sweet thing for the true self when entitlement is broken. And entitlement is usually only broken by an argument for morality, right? Because entitlement is one of the greatest false arguments for morality that exists, and it is only broken by a firm and resolute true self and a true argument for morality, and. It is a very sweet thing for the personality when entitlement is broken. It is a wonderful thing for the personality because it's so liberating. It's terrifying because now you actually have to provide value, right? People who are entitled have unbelievably low self-esteem. They don't think they're worth anything at all whatsoever. And so they don't believe that in any situation where voluntary value must be exchanged in order for a win-win negotiation... They feel that they have nothing to offer, nothing whatsoever to offer in the realm of uh, personal value, and entitlement grows out of feeling that there's no value that can be I can't bring anything to the table. I bring nothing to the table. I'm difficult, I'm horrible, I'm mean, I'm cold, I'm distant, I'm and I've never confronted myself on these things. And so rather than attempt to sit down and figure out how I can bring more value so that people will voluntarily want to deal with me, then uh, what I do instead is I sit down and tell people that they damn well owe me something. I'm entitled, you owe me. And that is the value that I bring, is bullying. And it is a difficult thing because you do see a lot of this among old people. They say, well, you know, we had no control, but they did go out and vote, right? The old go out and vote in large numbers, and they sure as heck don't vote for anything which uh, involves a a restructuring of society. Now, I don't know the degree to which people uh, who are elderly responded to Harry Brown's thing about selling off and getting this and that, but uh, I think that a more effective approach with the old is simply to say, look, this system can't last, for sure, and it's not going to be as long as you think. I'll talk about that a little bit more this afternoon. It's not going to be as long as you think. For sure, this can't last, and we don't know how long it's going to last, but it's not going to be nearly as long as the math indicates. So, given that this thing can't last, how is it that we are going to find a managed transition, right? Because you, you slow the car down before you hit the wall, right? So you don't die. I mean, that's the idea. Because if you just drag this thing right out to the end, then all we can do is look upon it as a kind of self-destruction. I mean and, and that's a tough thing to to turn around psychologically right so if the um if the elderly sort of say well yeah this thing can't last but I'm going to just crank as many benefits out of the system as I can even though I know that I can't survive without the system then you're just looking at somebody taking more and more heroin and more and more crack and I mean yeah they're going to end up dead but isn't that I mean isn't that an unconscious motivation uh, it is a, a suicidal impulse to continue to escalate behavior that is going to result in your death uh, or in your uh, a severe uh, just a harm to your um, your self-interest, let's say. And if everybody resists the managed transaction, sorry, the managed transition to a freer society if all the old people resist, or a number of them do, well, it's going to be kind of tough to figure out what to do with these people because obviously they've been so corrupted by their addiction to state power throughout their lives. It means that they have uh, praised and lick the boots of, of fascistic power, and that's really corrupted them to the point where they've just become hateful against uh, life and freedom itself, and so they're just going to be a force. They're a very nihilistic force, right? Don't don't imagine that the old are any uh, less uh, subject to vices than the young. Right? The young nihilists turn into the old nihilists without uh, significant intervention, which is what we're trying to do here. Without significant intervention, the personality remains extraordinarily, sta- extraordinarily stable, from sort of the um, the uh, the five to seven-year-old range of your uh, life uh, to, to 98. I mean, the personality will remain enormously stable. Uh, and, of course, there's some alterations that go on, and the brain finally sort of settles into its uh, regular patterns and stops growing in mean, sort of your early to mid-20s. But the personality remains stable, and there is this uh, problem of people who are just really addicted to uh, state power and the state largesse, just ending up uh, uh, wanting more and more and more, even though they know that it's going to be self-destructive. Well, it's kind of hard to figure out how to manage that gracefully, and how to do because they're just, you know, they're again they're anti-life. right? They're, they're taking then all the necessary steps to ensure their own self-destruction, and you, these are the people who are going to rail against any change in the system. And then the moment the system changes. They're going to rail against any charity that's trying to work with them, and they're going to rail against their children. And they're going, you know, this is there's not much you can do with these people. They are self-destructive, and you know, maybe you'll have some way of dealing with them that I don't. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, and it's not a not a responsibility, right? I mean, if people are absolutely hateful and push away every plate that's offered to them, then. You just wish them luck, right? I mean, so so I'd like an apology for what we've been left with, which is not so much the government size, but the level of discourse that we have to turn around, the level of definitions that we have to work on redefining uh, is is pretty considerable. So I'd like an apology. I'll, I'll help them either way, but it would sure help to get an apology from the older people, say, wow, holy crap, did we ever leave you guys with a mess? I mean, forget about the environment. We can clean up the environment, but the uh, the bad ideas in everyone's head about state power, uh, that's a lot harder to get out of people's minds than soot is out of the sky. So uh, I hope that this helps. I hope this has been useful. I guess that's a conclusion to show 298. And we will be doing 299 this afternoon, which will be why it is that I think, or why it is that I take the approach of 10 to 15 years. Arguable, of course, but at least you can understand my logic and then we will do show 300 tomorrow morning, or at least I'll post show 300 tomorrow morning. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I hope you're doing fantastically. I had a couple of very nice donations this weekend. I hugely, hugely, hugely appreciate that, and uh, I hope that it does you the kind of good that it does me. I think it will, because as I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, it is something that helps your unconscious to realize that you're kind of serious about integrity and philosophy and honesty, which is going to do your, yourself enormous good in your life. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to more donations. And if you could sign up for FeedBurner and take the uh, listener poll, I would hugely appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I will talk to you this afternoon.